This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So you want to hunt black bears. Well, you got to find them first. And that's what I'm talking about today. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. Today, we are talking about scouting for black bears. Now, if you've listened to me talk about basically hunting any type of game, anywhere, period, you know the first thing I'm going to say is in order to hunt anything, you've got to find it. It has to be there for you to hunt it and have any chance at all. Strategy doesn't matter. Firearm selection doesn't matter. Shot placement doesn't matter if there are no black bears. All right, if you're trying to hunt black bears and you're in an area that doesn't have any, then you are just wasting your time. And so you've got to be able to find them. So how do you do that? What things do you look for in order to find black bears? Now, first and foremost, black bears are not as automatically um, present as some other game species might be. You know, deer are pretty much everywhere, at least in my state. All right. In Pennsylvania, you have deer everywhere. Every neighborhood has deer the woods have deer. You may have more in some areas and less in others. You may not have as many bucks as you want. You may not have mature bucks. But there are deer. You can go pretty much anywhere and be reasonably sure that there are deer in that general vicinity. All right, they may not be bedded within 100 yards of you. You may not see one that day or that season, but there are deer around. You walk through the woods long enough, you will find deer sign. And chances are you don't have to walk that far, but it may not be enough sign to set up and hunt on. But you can know that they're around. Turkeys are relatively pervasive. 
All right, they're not as pervasive as deer. They're not as predictable as deer, but they are around. All right, you can be relatively sure that any square mile that you're around in this part of the state, there are turkeys somewhere. Doesn't mean you're going to be able to hunt them. Doesn't mean you're going to be able to find them. Doesn't mean you'll take one home, but they are out there. Of course, you need to find where they are and when they are there, right? If you can determine not just are they in the area, but when are they in a specific location or specific vicinity, then you can hunt them. Bears are different, all right? There may or may not be bears in a one-mile radius of where you're standing or where you desire to hunt. There may or may not be bears in a 10-mile radius of where you're standing and where you want to hunt. Finding bears is a much bigger deal. Now, there are places, there are parts of the country where deer, bear are more, more prevalent, all right? You've got states, you have areas, you've got mountains, you've got huge wilderness areas where there are, you know, more bears and there are big bears. But at the same time, bears need a lot of food, all right? They need a lot of food to eat, to thrive. They are big animals. You know, the average black bear weighs several hundred pounds. And in some places, they get much much larger than that. A four or five hundred pound black bear is absolutely viable in certain areas. In fact, they can get bigger than that and much bigger than that. So you're talking about a big animal that it's a predator that needs a lot of food. All right, they burn a lot of calories. They need a lot to eat. And it is not easy or as easy for just a random piece of open land to hold bears. So you've got to try to find, okay, where are they and where are they active now? And so when you're scouting for bears, there are four main things that you're going to be looking for. At least today I'm going to talk about four things. There are certainly more, but these are the things that you're looking for in order to determine if an area has bears. Number one, most obvious is gonna be bear tracks. All right, bears are big animals. They've got big feet. They can leave big tracks. However, bears don't leave anywhere near as many tracks as deer do because a bear's paw is much, much larger than a deer's foot. All right, there's just a lot more surface area. So they usually do way more than a deer, often a lot more than a deer, but their foot is way bigger than a deer. All right, so there's a lot more surface area to distribute that weight so they don't sink down into the dirt. They don't tear up the ground quite like deer do. Even in dry ground, deer can leave footprints. So you're typically only gonna find bear tracks where the soil is or was recently wet and they're able to leave an imprint. Mud, around water, crossing streams, after it rains, those sorts of things. And so 90% of the sign around for a deer is not gonna be footprints. Now, of course, you find deer tracks, you can, you find bear tracks, excuse me, you can learn a lot about those bears that are in that area depending on the size of the track, depending on the shape of the track. Jump online, do a Google search. 
black bear tracks, female versus male, juvenile versus adult. You want to look at these tracks and you can learn quite a bit about the type of bear and the size of that bear based upon its tracks and that information. But the majority of the sign isn't going to be tracks. It's going to be other things such as droppings. All right. Bear poo is very easy to spot. It's quite large and it can tell you a lot about what the bear's even eating. All right. Depending on their diet, if you're interested in such things, you can spend 10 minutes researching this on Google and try to figure out, okay, based on the color, based on the texture based on what it looks like you could figure out if that bear's been eating grass if it's been eating berries if it's been eating meat uh, whatever the the case may be you can get relative certainty as to the current diet of that bear now this may seem just purely academic but if you're walking through the woods and you find bear droppings you say, hey, what has this bear been eating? Then you can look for those food sources and try to figure out a place to hunt, right? If you find, hey, there's bears around here have been eating grass, tall grass, you know, hay. All right, well, let's find that tall grass. Where's that grass at? Then that could help you figure out where to hunt that bear. If you find the bear has been eating berries and things like that, fruits and so on, you got to find those things or at least travel corridors to and from those things in order to be able to hunt that bear. So you can learn more from the droppings than just bears are here. And because they're big and they need a lot of food and they eat a lot, they have a lot of droppings. And so that's probably an easier way to identify a bear than just the footprints because you don't need soft ground or wet ground in order to get that feedback. And they're doing that all day, every day. Doesn't matter the weather. If they're there, they're gonna be doing it. So that's a big one you wanna look at. What do bear droppings look like? Google it, spend five minutes on Google. Familiarize yourself with the droppings and, and the different colors and types and what they're eating. And then that'll give you a ton of helpful information. Now, of course, maybe you're just in the woods. You find bear droppings. All right, pull out the phone. Let's Google it now if you have service. Try to figure out, okay, what does this mean? Well, what can I learn from this? What can this tell me about where to hunt and how to hunt these particular bears? That's a big one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next one you're going to look for, I don't have a neat bow to package around this particular one, but it's going to, I'm just going to call it uh, activity. All right. Evidence of activity. You know, bears will scratch. They will claw logs and trees. They will climb logs and trees. They will tear fallen logs apart, trying to get at bugs and who knows what else inside, trying to get at honey or bees trying to get to ants, they will just tear stuff up. 
And so if you're walking through the woods and you find a log that's just been torn in half, it looks like a disaster area. Somebody rolled through there and was just tearing bark off of trees. They'll tear the bark off to eat the, the, the soft wood underneath of it. They'll tear the bark just to climb the tree. They'll tear the bark just to exercise their claws at times, it seems. So if you see things torn up, that's going to be a bear most likely. They will flip big rocks and boulders over to try to find bugs and critters underneath of them. All right, so if you're walking through the woods and you see rocks and boulders flipped over and it looks like it was done recently, you can be pretty sure that there are bears in that area. All right, and you can tell by, you know, the, the, how are they dirty? Are they still wet? You can tell by the grass underneath of what's been flipped over. You know, is this a recent thing that was tossed here? Has it been there for a while? You can learn quite a lot. When you see trees and things that have been torn up, you know, are they still green? Are they still moist? Um, you know, or, or are they brown? Or are they, have they become gray and old? Then you know it's more than a year from now. These kind of things can help you determine, okay, bears here, bears active, bears hungry, bears looking for food. And, you know, you can determine with some level of recency, you know, within a few days, within a few months or older than that. And so those can be good clues to figure out if there are bears in the area. Um, you know, if it's a place where it, it's thick, it's hard to see droppings, you know, you can look for some of these signs. Bears will climb trees to eat food out of the trees. And then bears also, like if they're eating berries and stuff, they can be quite destructive. I mean, they'll just tear bushes out of the ground. They are not neat. They're not orderly. They don't care. They'll just rip stuff up. They'll, you know, just leave a wake of destruction at times in an area. That's a bear. All right. That's just, there you go. The next thing is bedding areas. All right. So bear bedding areas are very difficult to find. Bears, black bears are what I'm talking about. They like to bed down in very thick cover, dark, cool places where they feel safe. All right. They want super thick areas that they feel like nothing can get to them. Nothing can see them. Nothing's going to know they're there. Ironically, they're the, usually the biggest, meanest thing in the woods, but they're quite paranoid that, you know, I don't know what a squirrel's going to find them or something. But they're, they're, they're looking for super thick areas. Now, I'm not suggesting you try to find these areas and sneak in there and see if it's a bear den or a bear bedding area. That's, that's very difficult, and that's not necessarily a good use of your time, energy, and tearing your clothing to ribbons. Um, but if you stumble upon areas like this, Oftentimes, there's going to be bare hair on the ground. You'll probably find footprints around. You might find droppings nearby. You might find impressions on the ground. But fur is probably going to be the biggest indicator. It's not that you should go into these kind of areas looking for bear sign. Like I said, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze with the amount of work and the amount of effort and energy that it takes to do that. But you want to try to figure out, okay, are there areas in this place that I want to hunt that a bear could bed down? 
are there likely potential possible bedding areas around here? Is there some place that these black bears may want to go? All right, if it's just wide open hardwoods, there are no bears bedding in there. If there's no food, they're not going to be there. There has to be a reason for the bears to be there. And that reason is usually going to be food, it's going to be cover, or it's going to be convenience moving between those important factors. So the only reason they're probably going to cover big open area is going to be going to food or to bedding. So if you can identify food and bedding, well, that's that's the hard part, right? You you're you figured it out at that point. You've got a good handle on where they're likely to be. But just because there seems to be a good bear area doesn't mean that it is. I've talked about this with turkey hunting a lot, and that is just because you find an area that looks like it's a turkey paradise doesn't mean there's turkeys there. Doesn't mean you should hunt there. Maybe you invest one morning there just to, to listen and see and, and confirm, but you got to move on. Don't focus your time and your energy and your season on an area where there are no animals and no sign of animals. You might say, hey, this place looks perfect. There's berries all over the place. There's lots of grasses. There's soft wood and small trees. There's super thick areas for bedding. There's water. There ought to be bears here. Well, those are the kind of places you go scout, not the kind of places you go hunt. Did you hear that? Those are the kind of places you go scout. Those are not the kind of places you go hunt. That's not enough to hunt there. It's not enough. All right, It's enough to go and look for sign, but it's not enough to set up a stand or a blind or to pick a tree or whatever you're going to do. It's not enough. You got to find evidence that bears are there, specifically bears of the size and caliber that you're looking to shoot or that are legal to shoot in your area. All right, that is huge. I can't say it enough, guys. Just because it looks like a good bear area doesn't mean you should hunt it. In my state, the bear season is very short. You've only got a few days. And so you can't just go out and spend weeks hunting areas that are hopeful. You've got to go out before the season to those hopeful areas and figure out which ones, if any, have bears then you have to figure out where's the best spots in those places to get the most bear activity, and then those are the ones that you potentially hunt. Trail cameras are helpful. I would tend to put them higher than you would pretty much anything else, um, you know, but nothing's foolproof. Bears can climb trees, though I don't know of many cases where a bear has climbed a tree to get a trail camera. I can't say I've ever even heard of it happening, but nonetheless... I would put them a little higher, you know, above your head level most of the time. But hey, you can do belt level. I just wouldn't do that with a very expensive camera. And uh, nor would I put a very expensive camera on public land. That's what these cheap $50 cameras are made for. That if you get two seasons out of them, you're lucky. All right. So, um, you know, use a trail camera if you want to. But you should be able to learn a lot of what you want to know from the sign. Now, the other piece here that I want to cover is that about aging a bear. Particularly if you see it, you get it in your, your binoculars, you get some trail camera photos. Um, a lot of people are happy just to take a bear, any bear, they don't care. 
All right, and if that's you, great. You take that bear. Uh, if you're trying to age the bear, one of the easiest ways to do it is to look at the ears and the head. If the ears look big and they stand out and they're very pronounced, borderlining funny even, that's a young bear. All right, the ears grew out first. If those ears look shrunken, if they look almost hidden in the fur, if the head looks big and furry and shaggy and you barely can notice the ears, that's a mature bear. All right, that's that's one of the ways, maybe the simplest way that you can tell from a quick trail cam photo or quick glance through binoculars, look at the head. There are other ways, but I think that's the easiest way. Now, you also have to consider what time of the year you're hunting these bears. Are you spring hunting or fall hunting? In my state, there is no spring season, but there are plenty of states that do have a spring season. And they're going to be eating different things in those seasons, drawn to different areas in those seasons. And you also got to consider, okay, are there cubs involved? You know, if you're looking at a female bear, are there cubs? Where are the cubs? Uh, I've heard so many stories about people about to shoot a bear and then they saw the cubs. And it's it's a tough thing. If you shoot that bear, those cubs are dead. That's just pretty much how it's going to go. If the if the mom dies, the cubs die. They're not going to make it through the winter. Uh, it's just over. Now, I've known folks that, you know, they're out in a group of people and uh, somebody shot and hit a bear and then they realized after the bear went down, that was the mom and the cubs were still out there. And then other guys in the party just went ahead and shot the cubs and put their tags on them. Now, so people really frown on stuff like that. If you ask me, that's a mercy kill. Um, you've killed the mom. Those cubs are going to starve to death or be devoured by predators. Better to shoot them. Better to put your tag on them than to, to just let them go and die a terrible death. There's basically no chance for their survival. There's always a chance, but it is highly unlikely that they're going to make it through the winter or anything else. And of course, I've seen people then taxidermy those little bears and uh, you know post those pictures on Facebook and get all sorts of backlash. And they've got to tell the story and justify that you know, they're not just out there killing baby bears. There was a reason, blah, blah, blah. Guys, just spare yourself, all right? Just spare yourself the trouble. Just don't post that on Facebook, all right? Just don't post it, you know? I think in that kind of a situation, that's an honorable kill. That's, you know, that's not a wrong thing to do. In fact, it's actually being considerate of the bears. But uh, just don't, just don't post it. Just just there's no reason for you to be haggled and hassled because it's what's going to happen if you end up shooting a baby bear for any reason any reason whatsoever just don't post it whether it's a good reason or a bad reason and i do not advocate that you go out and start shooting little bears just because you see one and you want to get a bear so bad that is not a great thing to do um, this is way different than like shooting a jake all right, of a turkey or, or shooting a, a yearling or, or a, a fawn in the fall. 
Bears are much, much more rare in most areas than deer or turkeys, as I spent plenty of time already explaining. And so to, to take out some bear cubs is really not helping the bear season in your area. And to shoot a mom with cubs, if you know there's cubs, is really not helping. I mean, you work so hard to find a few bears, and you're basically taking out a couple generations right there. And it's like, okay, well, how do you expect there to be any bears next season or the season after that in your area? You finally found a place that's got bears. You know, just don't make those kind of decisions. It's just, it's just not worth it. Now, look, I've been there. You're in the woods. You've been hunting all season or years trying to get a deer, a buck, a turkey, a bear. And you see a big mama bear walk out and you're like, I don't care. I'm shooting it. I'm not even looking to see if there's cubs. I've been doing this so long. I've worked so hard. I've been cold. I've been hot. I've been injured. I've been everything. I'm taking a bear no matter what happens. This is my moment. I don't care if there's cubs. I don't want to know if there's cubs. I'm just taking that animal. Look, if that's you and that's what you want to do, then, you know, I can't tell you not to do it. Um, I'm just going to be a realist, all right? I can't tell you not to do it. You know, I look at that just the same as like shooting a bearded hen, okay? On opening day, I'm not shooting a bearded hen. Probably not. Not if I know it's a bearded hen. Last day of the season, no tags are filled. Hmm, much better chance I might pull the trigger on that. Not saying I would or wouldn't, but I could... You know, you've hunted 20 days and you've not seen a turkey and here comes a bird with a beard. Hey, much better chance. Especially if you've never shot one before and this is your first and only opportunity after a lot of work and chase. Uh, probably going to take it home. All right. And I don't think there's shame in that. I don't. But if you become a bear hunter and this becomes a regular season for you or something you do with some regularity, all right, don't be shooting cubs and moms with cubs. It's just not good for you and your area and bear population in general. You're just doing a lot of damage with that one bullet. There could be one, two, three cubs and with one bullet you're you're taking the mom and those cubs and just it's not worth it. All right. But hey, you find yourself in that scenario where, or look, I'm talking maybe out of context, right? Not everybody lives where I live and has the bear populations that I have. You live in an area that's overrun with bears. It's a different story. It's a different series of moral and ethical judgment calls because you have a different situation than I have here. And I need to be considerate of that. And so do you. You know, if your area is overrun with bears and you're basically, you're doing as much pest control as you are, you know, whatever, then that's another deal. That's another scenario. That is not the same thing. You know, if you're if you're in an area that has a recovering bear population and, you know, you've got a three-day season and whatever the whatever the case may be and very limited and you got to pay a lot of money to get that tag and they really don't want you to shoot mama bears with cubs or to shoot cubs 
well, you know, you got to you got to think differently than in if you're in an area that's overrun and and there's bear watches and bear patrols and people are trying to just push the bears back out of habitated areas uh, or whatever the case may be. Totally different scenarios. So you need to be aware of that. You need to think in, t- in context of your area. But at the end of the day, what's legal is legal. And I wouldn't be ashamed of doing anything that's legal if that's what you decided to do. You just want to think about the area, the habitat, but you also got to weigh that against your ambitions, your objectives, your investment, what you're doing. And um, you just got to be able to live with whatever decision that you make. That's the bottom line. You need to be happy with the decision that you make. All right. That's just, you know, shooting a, shooting a doe. A deer that has fawns, totally different because those fawns are going to survive without the doe. There's there's almost no chance by the time deer season rolls around that the fawns are dependent on the doe for survival. All right, they're going to make it. They're going to be okay. It's not a big issue at all. A lot of people have cried themselves to sleep after shooting the doe and then the fawns walk out. No, those fawns are going to be okay. You'll need to think about that. With bears... It's different. Those little bears aren't going to make it. And so you just gotta you just gotta process it through your framework and your context and your situation. So guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Head to the website newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes for this episode and lots of other episodes about hunting all kind of stuff. Head to the categories. You can find all the bear hunting episodes that are there. Check out the YouTube channel. And I would really appreciate it if you guys head to iTunes. Leave a five-star review with comments, the number one way to help grow the channel and reach more people. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Till next time, God bless you, and go get them in the woods.